this morning, as we reflect, we come to one of my favorite passages. This is probably at least top five for me when it comes to the passages in the Bible. And some of the reason I like it is because it's just kind of ordinary. It's just some guys in a boat uh, having a conversation. Uh, one of the reasons I like it is because it's relatable. I can identify with what's happening in this boat. And another reason I like it is because it's unnerving a little bit, uh, kind of um, a little bit disturbing. And so uh, as we look at these verses, I want to contend with you this morning that the greatest threat or the greatest challenge to your relationship with God, we, we see here in these verses. And also uh, we get insight in, in how to fend that threat or challenge off. We're going to be in Mark chapter 8 this morning. If you want to turn there, Mark 8, 14 through 21. It's on page 843 in your church Bible if uh, you're using one of those. So let's, let's turn and read the word of God. Mark 8, 14 through 21. Now they had forgotten to bring bread and they had only one loaf with them in the boat. And he cautioned them saying, watch out. Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. And they began discussing with one another the fact that they had no bread. And Jesus, aware of this, said to them, why are you discussing the fact that you have no bread do you not yet perceive or understand? Are your hearts hardened? Having eyes, do you not see? And having ears, do you not hear? And do you not remember? When I broke the five loaves for the 5,000, how many baskets full of broken pieces did you take up? And they said to him, 12. And the seven for the 4,000, how many baskets full of broken pieces did you take up? And they said to him, Seven, and he said to them, do you not yet understand? This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Merciful and mighty God, you've sustained us, each one of us, through another year, another 365 days of food and shelter, um, week by week providing for us a safe place to, to gather together as your people and to worship on our best of days and on our darkest nights. You have been with us and we pray once more, would you meet with us? Would you help us to see Jesus or would you help us to truly see would you help us to truly hear by your spirit? Would you open our eyes and our ears and our hearts that we might hear from you? It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Like I said, these events recorded some 2,000 years ago uh, point us to the greatest threat for the year ahead and some remedies for that threat. Let's start with the threat, and you see it there in those first few verses. They had forgotten to bring bread, and they only had one loaf with them, uh, and Jesus cautions them, saying, watch out for the leaven of Herod and, and the leaven of the Pharisees, and then they go back to discussing the fact that they don't have any bread. Listen, they, they don't have food for the road trip, all right? This is threat level midnight for them. This is like DEFCON 4, um, and it's relatable. I can understand this, right? When I plan a road trip, when I'm on a road trip, I don't, wear, I don't care where rest stops are. 
I don't care where gas stations are. I just want to know where Chick-fil-A is, right? Like that's all I care about on my road trips. And heaven forbid that we're traveling on a Sunday, all right? Because then what in the world are we going to do? Uh, They're worried about the food, right? And I think I've shared before, um, early in our marriage, a rule was created that I'm not allowed to ask about the next meal until two hours from the previous meal, right? Because I would be in breakfast wanting to talk about, well, what's our plan for lunch? What are we going to do for lunch? And that ended early in our marriage. The kibosh was put on that, all right? Um, But I want to know the plan for food, And here in our passage, the disciples just realize realize they don't have a plan for the food. Like, what are they going to do? And this really has them shook. All right, like they're, they're really upset by this. And we can tell they're really upset by this because Jesus is trying to use some of this travel time, as he often does, as a teaching time, right? So he's trying to, to get a point, a point across to him. He's trying to redeem the time, teach him a little bit. So he warns them about the leaven uh, of the Pharisees and, and Herod. He says, um, it says he cautions them. He says, look out, beware. Kids here this, this morning, kids, if your parents come up and talk to you and they get down and they kind of look at you and they say, hey, uh, I need to warn you about something. I need you to beware of something. I need to caution you. You would think that you would really want to listen to them, right? Like you would really pay attention to what they're going to say. But do the disciples do that? Um. Jesus is with them. Um, The wisest teacher that's ever walked the earth is dropping knowledge on them. And it's as if they, they hear what he says and they're like, okay, Jesus. All right, now back to this issue about lunch, right? Like, what are we going to do about that? Uh, Friends, the greatest threat that many of us will face in the year ahead is forgetfulness. All right, um, and I, I should be clear here. The problem with the disciples in forgetfulness is not that they had forgotten to bring bread into the boat, right? As they had forgotten that they were in the boat with the bread of life. They had forgotten who Jesus was, what Jesus had done. So let's see how Jesus uh, responds to their forgetfulness. Um. Before we do that, let's make sure we know that forgetfulness in some ways is like a gateway drug. What what do I mean by that? Forgetfulness is usually the door that we enter into um, when we find ourselves in deeper and darker trouble. Uh, We see that all throughout the Bible, right? Um, From the very beginning, in the garden, Adam and Eve... First, forget God's word. It starts with forgetfulness. He speaks to them and then they forget something of what he says and then they're tempted by the evil one. Again and again, we see God's people forgetting who he is. We see Moses warning God's people. Deuteronomy 4.9, listen to what Moses said to God's people. Only take care and keep your soul diligently lest you forget the things that your eyes have seen unless they depart from your heart all the days of your life. And then... Some of us remember the words of Judges, Judges 8. The people of Israel did not remember the Lord their God who had delivered from them from the hand of all their enemies on every side. 
Forgetfulness is going to be your greatest threat this year ahead, 2020. Uh, forgetfulness has been the greatest challenges of God's people from the beginning. Some of us in this city know that um, Aristotle has said that man is a political animal. Some of us are familiar with that quote from Aristotle. Well, uh, this book, the Bible, it makes it clear that man is a forgetful animal. And that time and time again, we forget what God has done. So what's this look like in our life? Um, Listen, when I'm irritable with my family, right? Like when I'm short with them and and unkind and ungracious when when I relate to them, Rarely is it, I don't think it's, I think it's never when I started the day that day by waking up and saying, you know what, today seems like a great day to be a total jerk to my family, right? Like that's going to be goal number one. I'm going to aim to just be really unkind to my kids and to my wife, right? Like I don't ever do that. It's usually the case that somewhere along the way, I've forgotten the patience that my God has shown to me and that my father has shown to me. Somewhere along the way, I've forgotten that um, my identity is not wrapped up in my accomplishments, that that, um, God cares more about how I treat people than getting all of my to-do lists done. Um, It's usually forgetfulness that gets us into our brokenness and our troubles. That's how we find ourselves there. Adultery, greed, greed. Lust, whatever it might be, be uh, the roots are often in forgetfulness. So again, your challenge, your greatest challenge, your greatest threat to you and your faith, uh, the year ahead, 2020, it's not going to be um, who's elected in November. All right, that's not your greatest challenge, the thing you need to worry about most in 2020. It's not going to be that hard person that you work with or that hard person in your family. It's not going to be even like a uh, a hostile, religiously uh, plural culture. The greatest threat is going to be your incredible capacity to forget all that God has done. And so, like I said, let's see how Jesus responds to this. Uh, Verses 17 and 18. You know, this is like one of the more stern times Jesus uh, speaks to his disciples. Like he doesn't pull any punches. He kind of calls them out here. You can almost hear the uh, exasperation in his voice. And he says, listen, why are you discussing the fact that you have no bread? Do you not yet perceive or understand? Are your hearts hardened? Having eyes, do you not see? Having ears, do you not hear? And do you not remember? You know, he's wanting to get a point this cross that um, leaven, leaven is like a yeast that you put in, in, in bread, right? And just even a small amount of it can permeate everything. And he's, he's wanting to say, listen, the leaven of the Pharisees or a Herod, which is really their unbelief. They didn't believe in who Christ is and all that he said. And so he's like, hey, this unbelief can spread. You need to be worried about it. And kind of as he's teaching them, he says, well, maybe it's even spread to them. This whole bread debacle has exposed that maybe even they aren't getting it. So he asked them these questions kind of as he often does five questions of, Hey, do you not perceive? Do you not understand? Hey, listen, guys, I know you have eyes and ears. What in the world is going on? How are you missing it? And then 
I love it, right? He, he takes them down a stroll uh, uh, on memory lane, right? He says, well, let's, let's think about the past few weeks, the past few months. Let's, see, let's think about all that you have seen um, and heard, right? And, and, and you, you heard it when we read it. You, you can't help but laugh because he, he literally says, okay, guys, how many loaves did we have when we fed 5,000? Okay, we had five. We fed 5,000. How many leftovers? And I wish you could have been there to kind of hear the disciples say 12, right? Like to just, to, if only I could be there. Um, and again, 4,000 loaves, uh, 4,000 fed with seven loaves, and we had seven baskets of leftover. Uh, you can hear Jesus in essence saying, why in the world are you worried about what you're going to eat? Right? Because right in this boat right now, we have one loaf and one Jesus. So that's clearly enough to feed thousands. Are you kidding me? You're worried about what you're going to eat. A, a word to those who might still be investigating Christianity, um, have questions about it. Uh, this is one of those passages for me too, even when I was investigating, where you have to say, okay, this, this can't be a fabricated or contrived religious movement. Because if you were going to do that, if you were going to invent or write a story or, or create a religion, you wouldn't put this scene in it. Right, You wouldn't have the, the future leaders and, and, and founders of the faith so completely um, missing the plot and clueless. Yes, completely clueless. But yet we see it written here because that's what really happened. And what we need to see is if it happened to them, it can happen to us. Maybe you've seen God do amazing things in your life. Maybe you've seen him work personally in your life and the life that those you love. Just so you know, that doesn't make you immune from missing the plot in 2020, from forgetting his faithfulness and his goodness. So I want to challenge you. Would you take the next few days as we end this year to remember what has God done in this past year in your life and the life of those that you love? Even if we thought together as a church, what has God done in our lives? As a church family, we've celebrated 75 years as a church this year. Right, And we've done some of that. We've remembered all that God's done. We've remembered 75 years ago, down in Georgetown, some people gathered together to start Bible Presbyterian Church. And we're here today in this room because of their faithfulness and because they shared Jesus and because they were committed to gathering to worship him. And even as we think about our family of faith here in Fairfax and remember what God's done over the past month, months, right? We, uh, we can celebrate first baptisms, first new members, First time when the escalator didn't work outside and we all had to take the elevator together. Um, new friends built, community groups started. Uh, let's be proactive in remembering all that God has done this past year. To take a stroll down memory lane just like Jesus did for his um, disciples. We're also reminded of what God does and has done throughout history when we turn to his word, when we get together proactively with Christians, uh, when we gather in our community groups. But the challenge is sometimes um, we let those things get crowded out. Uh, Barna, which is a research organization, recently did a study on millennial Christians. Uh, and I think what they found really can apply to all Christians. They were uh, doing some study on media consumption. All right, so how much media do we consume? 
Any guesses on how, much, uh, how many hours uh, of media was consumed on average by Christians in one year? 2,700 hours of media consumption in one year is what they found. That's 2,700 hours of media consumption. They found that about 300 hours of that was uh, you know, kind of Christian content, whether it's listening to sermons or listening to worship music. music. But listen, uh, 2,700 hours. Um, anybody have Spotify? Anybody get their like, Spotify wrapped? where it tells you like, hey, uh, this is the artist you listened to the most this past year. Uh, This is how many hours you spent listening to Spotify, right? Apparently, I'm a Ben Bidden Rector fan because that's who I listen to the most this year. And I really shudder to think if Netflix would tell me how many hours of Netflix I watched this year, right? Like, and my my aim this morning is not to make us feel bad about uh, listening to Spotify or uh, binge watching your shows, but I do want to contend with you that some of our forgetfulness, maybe much of our forgetfulness is self-induced. All right, We can't really say that we don't have the time because our devices betray us. Right, We, we do have the time there. And so we can't be surprised when our intimacy with Christ suffers because the scales are tipped so much in the balance of uh, the influencers of this world. So some suggestions. Start with lunch today. All right, when you go to lunch today, wherever you're at, whoever you're with, take some time and talk about what God's done in this past year. All right, well, what has he done in your life? How have you seen him at work? Um, Don't let 2020 start without being in some sort of community group or Bible study or regular gathering with other Christians. And then what's your plan to study the Bible? Maybe you've been a Christian for 20, 30 years and you've never regularly studied the Bible or had a plan. I I would suggest that if you don't have a plan for studying the Bible in 2020, you're kind of planning to forget. Like your plan is to forget that. And we need to be aware of that. So find a plan, find a partner to share it with. We'll we'll share some plans uh, on our social media in the next couple of days. Our greatest threat is forgetfulness. One way we can uh, fight against that is to remember to take a stroll down memory lane. And let's uh, finish up by looking at our last verse and uh, finding where our hope comes from. Last verse in our passage. Really, Jesus finishes with, with one question. He says, do you not yet understand? And I want you to see that that yet in that verse uh, should give us a lot of hope. That one word yet And the fact that we know the rest of the story should give us a lot of hope because we realize Jesus would be perfectly justified in this moment in the boat after they're not listening to him and consumed uh, about bread to be to say, guys, listen, this clearly isn't working out. All right. After all you've seen and heard, you've seen me feed thousands with leftovers, but yet you're not getting, getting it. I think we should probably just go our separate ways, right? Like, If you don't get it now, you're never going to get it. But Jesus doesn't say that, right? He says, do you not understand yet? (laughs) You see, Jesus doesn't give up on them and he doesn't give up on you and me either. Yes, uh, 2020 will be a better year for us if we'll proactively remember what God's done. But that's not where our ultimate hope lies for 2020. All right, our ultimate hope doesn't lie in making sure we don't forget him. Our ultimate hope lies in the reality that he will never forget us. 
That's where we rest our hope. That's where uh, we find great joy. I don't think it's any accident that right after this passage, you can go home and read it this afternoon or tonight, um, he heals a blind man. Right, he he brings sight to someone, and it it actually it's interesting when you read it. It doesn't happen the first time Jesus is, touches him. It takes Jesus touching him a couple of times so that he finally sees. You see, Jesus is more committed to us seeing him than we even are committed to it. All right, we are a work in process, and Jesus is committed to us seeing him. How committed is he to us seeing him? Uh, he gives us his spirit. That's going to lead us into remembrance of, of all that he said. Uh, Jesus is so committed to us seeing him that he provides a meal for us to share together regularly. If you come back next week, we're going to have communion. He knows we're a forgetful people. So he says, listen, I'm going to give you a meal that you can share together every week that points you to me so you don't forget. I want to read one last verse for you this morning so that you can see how Jesus is committed to you. Hear this verse from Isaiah. Can a woman forget her nursing child, that she should have no compassion on the son of her womb? Even these may forget. He says, listen, moms and dads, they, do they forget their kids? And then even in a nod to the brokenness of our world, he says, you know, sometimes mom and dads do forget their kids. He says, but yet, uh, even these may forget, yet I will not forget you. Behold, I have engraved you on the palms of my hand. Do you believe that this morning, that your God will never forget you, that he loves you that much, that that's your hope for 2020, that the Christian's hope is that God will not forget you in this next year? And that's the message of Christianity is that, that this God became incarnate. We worship Jesus' birth. And Jesus lived a life where he never forgot, right? He never forgot his father's word. He never forgot his father's command. He never forgot to love and to serve. And yet he took the penalty for all the times that we have forgotten and we will forget. Friends, we look to Jesus and our hope is that he will not forget us. So by way of review, this is it, all right? The greatest threat for this year, for you and for me, is going to be our propensity to forget, our capacity to forget. Our greatest task, what we need to do is regularly remember all that, we, all that God has done for us. And our greatest hope is that our Savior will never forget us. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that our hope is not in ourselves but it's in you and it's in Jesus. And in this next year ahead, in 2020, we know that you will not forget your people. We pray that you would make us a remembering people. Speak now to those who need a plan. Speak now to those, move in them. Uh, show them what they need to do. Show us what we need to do in order to remember all that you've done in our lives, your goodness and your character. Would you reveal those things to us that we might enter into a new year uh, remembering afresh your goodness and grace that changes everything. In Christ's name we pray.